Okay, hello everyone. It's Dachian Miller. We're here with episode 98 of Kuden. So, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. See people are signing in, checking it out. Okay, um, I don't know. James is taking care of, uh, who's on what platform or whatever, but I know we have guys coming in on YouTube, Facebook, uh, different places around. I don't know that we can, uh, we can see Twitter all that well, but anyway, um, James is in the background handling all that stuff. So, uh, again, I apologize for the noise in the background. I know some of you guys keep telling me stop apologizing for the noise because it's just, you know, the conditions that we have. Sorry about that. Throat's kind of dry. Anyway, uh, hopefully everything holds out because we have a hellacious uh, windstorm going on uh, where I am. So hopefully the power holds and uh, we get through the uh, through the uh, the episode and everything will be good. And if not, if everything suddenly goes dead. You'll know why, right? So, anyway, I said James working his magic in the background there, right? <laughs> Everything kind of pops on. So, anyway, all right. So, uh, here's the thing, right? I, we've been kind of doing this as a journey, and then questions kind of pop up from different people. And um, there was a topic that came up, um, I don't know, a while ago, where uh, folks were asking about, you know, getting unstuck, right? And what happens... You know, um, if, you know, when you come to the realization that you might be getting in your own way, right? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, that and very, very specifically. Uh, now, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist, right? I don't have any kind of degree on the wall or whatever. This stuff is coming from personal experience and study and research and, and trying to answer these questions for myself, right? But we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this this. Um, this uh, one kind of mental kind of thing, right, that we can be doing uh, or that, that's it's happening. I mean, it happens to, to the best of us. It happens all the time, right? It, the, the trick is to catch it, right? And so we're going to talk about that and uh, how we can make sure that we're not engaged in self-sabotage when we're actually blaming other conditions for not being able to get what we want to be or do what we want to do or whatever. Okay. So, uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute after, uh, we do the lead in. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success minded people like us concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves? and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And that's the real truth. Anyway, okay, so uh, here's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to pull up some like shorthand notes and stuff that I wrote to myself so I'm not so confused or not all over the place, right? So... Um, so here's the, here's the question, right? Are we self-sabotaging our own efforts in our attempt to either get this training or to move forward or to move forward like in quantum, what I call quantum leaps, right? Instead of just kind of edging forward, you know, a little at a time or, or you know, take three steps forward, two steps back or whatever, right? Um, what are some of the things that could be going on, okay? So I want to talk about this, this thing that I had to come to grips with, right? Because this is one of those problems that I had. And it wasn't until I'd been researching for a couple of years and 
really diving. What I had to do was get outside of the Ninjutsu world and ask questions, right, and do some other study and research. Now, I say outside the Ninjutsu world, it's still a part of it, right? Um, but I had to figure out if my limitations were really limitations or they were only limitations because I accepted them, created them, or whatever, right? And um, from the very first lesson I got from Hatsumi Sensei, the, 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 the lessons were about limitations, right, and going beyond and attaining a state of zero and all these little, the little lessons that kind of all start to come together, but it took some time, right? And again, a lot of you know my backstory and you know uh, where things have come from. I'll touch on them a little, you know, some of these things a little bit as I move forward. But if you want the full version of that, you're going to have to go back to episode 68 um, and listen in on that. But uh, before I jump into today's uh, discussion and discussion topic, uh, just a quick reminder, right? There's, uh, you're going to watch your emails. If you're on, if you're on our email list, um, and if not, I don't know why not, right? But if you're, on, if you're on the email list, watch your email for a link to the registration page for our upcoming spring needs to train camp, right? The camp is uh, May, t May 13th, 14th, and 15th uh, of this year. Yes, there'll be a virtual option. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be offering those kind of things, but um, uh, this is one of those intensive weekends where everybody gets together. And coincidentally, uh, I just a couple of days ago, uh, early last week, I think, uh, chose the, the topic for this year's camp. And the topic is getting your head on straight. Okay, something that uh, <laughs> my grandfather used to say. Get your head on straight, boy. Um, it's it's we're going to be focusing a lot on different mental faculties, different functions, and different aspects. Right? Going to be lots of tied to lots of weapons, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to be focusing on where our head's supposed to be, right? And in different places, right? Uh, different. Uh, different, different distances or ranges, right, uh, between us and the attacker, right, or the threat. Uh, we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at um, mistakes that students make in training because they're so focused on the physical, the, the cool moves, right, the physical techniques, the skills or whatever, that they're missing the head game that gets played as well. And when I say game, what I'm talking about is is stuff that we need to be paying attention to, right? Um, that could really screw us up, right? That we can have our techniques dead bang, right? They could be perfect, and um, uh, next thing you know, we're losing because uh, of anxiety. We're losing because of uh, little things that we miss, right? I'll give you a for instance, right? One of the things we're going to be taking a look at is the engagement and disengagement of our focus on this on this bad guy uh, and how most students give it no thought and are actually training themselves to disengage mentally before the fight or that engagement is over and they're disengaging at an unsafe distance okay so you know we finish a technique what ends up happening is like my partner throws a punch at me and I do my thing and I deliver mine and before he's even hit the ground, right, I'm either smiling or I'm talking to him, right, or I'm, you know, kind of 
come eyes breaking, right? And then I help him up and he gets up and I go, okay, now it's my turn to punch at you. But we're in a certain bubble. We're in a certain range that would be absolutely not only unsafe, it, it would be ludicrous, right? To be, to be just being lackadaisical mentally in a real situation, right? So most students, most instructors, right? Their techniques are great, right? Or they're focusing on the technique, but they're not paying attention, right? So they got the physical game going on, not paying attention to the mental game and even the emotional, uh, spiritual game, whatever, but that's still, it's still mental functions, right? Um, but what we're going to do is take a, take a look at these things, right? So we're going to be looking at a couple of different psychological aspects of combat, uh, during camp. Yes, there's going to be lots and lots of knocking around and all that kind of stuff. So if you just want to, if you want to come in for camp just for that part and you want to dismiss all this other stuff, do, you know, you do you, right? But I'm going to be, I'm going to be covering things that uh, I, I think are really, really important. And it's some of the stuff that, that I've been discussing during Kuden, right? How do we, you know, how do we handle a lot of this stuff? And, and for those of you who are new to Kuden or new to any of the stuff that I'm doing, right? Uh, Kuden is the teacher to student kind of life things and pay attention to this. It doesn't require a dojo. It doesn't require knocking around. It doesn't require a physical technique, right? But this is important life things. This is what I got from Hatsumi Sensei, right? And again, here's this thing, right? We, we've always used the term sensei, right? And if you were, if you were on this past week for our uh, Warriors Whiteboard Wednesday, that's another thing, right? Warriors Whiteboard Wednesday is all focused on strategy, tactics, frameworks, and things like that. Big picture wise, and how things work so that in the dojo, when we're taking a look at our techniques and, and our training and things like that, we can put it into a better contextual idea and we can be moving way past, way beyond just doing physical stuff, right? Doing the skills, doing the cool moves, you know, showing off for our friends, that kind of crap, right? Um, I mean, if that's, if that's your thing, then okay. But, um, mastery is way beyond just you know, how slick your moves look kind of thing, right? Um, so, uh, Bakudan is this, is this back and forth. But again, here's this term, right? Uh, sensei, right? Hatsumi sensei, right? I remember uh, bringing this up to someone, uh, years ago and it, it actually came, my discussion with him came after, uh, working with one of my tutors, right? Um, just learning Japanese. I've hired, uh, tutors, native speakers. Uh, luckily, I live in an area where we're surrounded by colleges and universities, a couple of state colleges, a couple of private colleges, things like that, right? And sometimes there's a university professor that's working there that uh, their wife, right, is Japanese, right? I find this out, befriend them, right, ask them if they'll help me with tutoring. Sometimes I have to pay for it. Sometimes there's a trade-off in some other way, but it's all fine, right? Anyway, there's this one that I was working with, and I wanted to write a letter to my teacher. I want to write a letter to Hatsumi Sensei, but instead of writing it in English and then hoping that the, the translators, right, the, the Westerners that were translating in Japan got the nuances right, what I wanted to do was work directly with my tutor and say, you know, you know, can, can you help me with this? And she said, sure, sure, sure. You know, just write the letter 
and then we'll sit down. We'll make that a lesson, right? Um, because she was also trying to convey how Japanese think and how that's different than the way we think, right? Again, all this psychology stuff, right? So, you know, write the letter and then we'll make it a lesson. Cool, right? So here's what happens, right? I bring the letter in and I give it to her, right? She, it was at the, at the end of one of our previous lessons. She takes it home. She comes back and, and she says, um, we, we had to start right at the beginning, right? Because you say, you know, Japanese don't say dear sensei or whatever, right? Just sensei, right? But we've had discussions about your interactions with uh, your teacher. And if I, if I, unless I misunderstood this, he teaches you more than just self-defense skills. He teaches you more than just traditional martial arts, traditional budo, right? There's, there's a lot of life lessons. There's a lot of, you know, those kind of things going on, right? Yes, of course, you know? Said, it's kind of like in that one movie, right? Uh, Princess Bride or something, right? Where the character says, I don't think that word means what you think it means, right? What she said was, I don't think sensei is the right word. I'm like, no, no, no. It's you know, martial arts. We all say, I know, I know. I've, I've practiced, you know, dabbled in martial arts and all that. I know it's a common term, but that's a very specific term about somebody who's doing a very specific thing, Right? She said, based on what you're telling me that you've learned from your teacher, sensei's not the right word for a Japanese speaker, okay? I'll use it if that's what you want, but the correct word is shiso. And shiso means, uh, like, teacher of life, that kind of thing, right? So it's this elevated term, and she said, if you were to use this, he would know that you were acknowledging all of the lessons and not just, you know, martial arts, not just the Taijutsu stuff, not just the, you know, whatever. You would, you would recognize, you'd be letting him know through this word that you recognize the depth of the value that you've received. Okay. Very, very different, right? So, that in and of itself, right, was this, this huge thing in, in mindset, right? And conveying things and, and how we think, right? And how we process things and, and whatnot, right? So anyway, so that's what I'm getting at with, with a lot of this stuff, right? So again, today we're going to get, we're going to dive into, into one of these little mental things. Um, because again, uh, the, the question came up and it's been coming up quite a bit, not quite worded the same, but it's this idea of getting stuck and feeling like I'm in my own way or like I've got these conflicting thoughts, right? Like I want to do this, but I got this stuff going on that's holding me back or I've got this person holding me back or whatever, right? And uh, this is something I can definitely relate to, right? And every once in a while, right? I'm still catching myself um, doing the same thing, right? Because our minds are tricky things, right? They're designed to do certain things to help us navigate, um, you know, the landscape, navigate our day-to-day -day lives to survive, right? Um, but at the same time, if you're really focused on growth, sometimes, right, um, you have to, you have to navigate rough waters that you created. Right. This is not always about everybody else getting in your way. Right. So 
Anyway, so what we're going to be talking about is this idea of cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance, right? And I apologize to guys like Josh and even Jen, who's uh, doing a psychology degree and all that kind of stuff, right? I know you know all these terms and you're doing these kind of things. I'm just kind of coming to get this from from layman's point of view and um, how I've helped other people uh, to kind of get through this thing, but it's simplistic understanding, right? So forgive me if it's not, um, I don't know, the way a uh, professor of psychology, psychiatry or whatever would cover things, uh, you know, from a university level or whatever. But anyway, just this going to be down and dirty. Just kind of what I want to do is I want to uh, kind of take a look at it, right? And where the problem is, right? And how this creates kind of these gnawing feelings and these feelings of problems and what it can do, right? And directions it can send us, uh, that kind of thing, right? And take a look at it. Uh, I want to take a look at, um, again, how it can show up, right? How it can affect us, how it affected me. And then I want to give you some ideas for, uh, for fixing it, right? Getting, uh, working with it and, and making things happen, right? Three specifically. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's let's take a look at what it is, right? Cognitive dissonance, right? So let's just look at the words quickly, right? Just pulled up a couple of definitions, right? So cognitive, right, is is a variation of the word cognition, right, which has to do with thinking, but more specifically, right? Let me whip up my notes here, right? Uh, it's the mental action uh, or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought, experience, and the senses. Right. And there can be problems uh, between them. Right. Dissonance. The idea of dissonance. Right. Is uh, a tension or a clash resulting from the combination of two disharmonious or unsuitable elements. Right. So dissonance can happen. Uh, dissonance is used uh, a lot in music. Right. When two notes go together and they don't belong together. Right. And it just. It throws things off, right? It's uncomfortable to listen to kind of thing, right? I know there's a lot of people that like to throw that kind of stuff together and they made their own style because, you know, but um, uh, we should be protecting our minds from shit that will screw it up, okay? So anyway, um, what we're really looking at with cognitive dissonance, right, uh, it's defined as, and it was, it was uh, there was a study and, and there was a book written by, um, I don't know, I don't know the guy's head name in my head at the moment. It doesn't matter, right? But it came out of like a lot of work in the 70s. That's what that's where a lot of the work for uh, that turned into neurolinguistic programming. A lot of the stuff was happening, right? Uh, mid to late 70s. Uh, so anyway, right? So this idea of cognitive dissonance, right, is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, uh, whatever, right? Especially relating to like decision making. Right. Habit patterns, uh, those kind of things. Right. Where if we're trying to do attitude changes or attitudinal changes, those kind of things. Right. They're conflicting thoughts or attitudes that are held at the same time and they create mental conflict and sometimes even physical discomfort. OK. Um, and, and there's different ways these things can kind of show up. But really shortening all that. Right. Is. Well, we could look at it being where there's a disconnect between what we say and what we do, right? 
the, the, the walking and talking kind of paradigm, right? Are we walking the talk, right? Is integrity going on, right? So a person of integrity is someone who acts and speaks in the same way, right? What they say and what they do matches, okay? Somebody that's kind of caught up in this cognitive dissonance kind of thing can show up where they say one thing, but they do something completely different, right? Let's take a smoker, for example, right? They know smoking is bad for them, but they somehow reason it out that it's okay because they smoke, right? So and we'll take a look at a couple of different reasoning methods that end up getting used to to handle things. Uh, but the whole idea here is that there's this this thing, right? Um, I go into this really, really deeply and give a framework uh, for helping both ourselves and helping other people, right? Whether it's our kids or coworkers or friends or whatever that we're trying to help solve a problem, right? Got a friend that's overweight, really knows they need to go to the gym, but won't take action to move toward the gym, or whatever it is, right? Um, th there's this program that I put out called Ninja, um, what is it called? Uh, Ninja, oh shit, what's it called? Uh, motivation and Influence, that's it. Ninja Motivation and Influence, NMI for short, right? Uh, and it takes this, this process, right? Uh, and helps people through it, right? By giving you, and it, it kind of combines uh, working cognitive dissonance, it, it combines um, motivation, but not just motivation, because it's not just saying anything, right? Brings in uh, principles from neurolinguistic programming and how we structure sentences and how, uh, you know, empathy and whatnot, um, getting ourselves in, in, in their head and understanding the kind of problems that can be going on, the conflicts that can be going on. And so the suggestions that we offer aren't just like logical from our standpoint, like, duh, why wouldn't you just do this, right? Um, but it also takes into account, you know, this, this kind of conflict that they're, that they're running through, right? And helps people get over it, right? Um, it's also a way to control your communications so that you can help them with a logical flow of thoughts to get from point A to point B, um, to get more of what you want to help them get more of what they want. Uh, I use it in, you know, on, the, on the floor in the dojo, right? This is not taught to me by my needs to teachers, okay? Uh, but this is certainly a part of the uh, eighth gate of the Ninja Hachimon, right? The eight gates of the Ninja, uh, Ninja Kyomon, right? This is one of the study areas. It's also related to, in the Togakure school, the first area of training, Seishin Teki, which is personal clarity, right? Um, it's also related to back in the Nijino Hachimon, Nijino Uge, influence, motivation, those kind of things, manipulation. Uh, and I don't mean manipulating them. What I mean is manipulating my, my approach and my, um, my speech patterns and, and maybe I need to back up and come back at it again or whatever. But it's not like throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks as an art decoration. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, the ability to pick up on their cues and clues and things like that, right? So um, I'm not going to go into all this study, but, uh, you know, it, it takes a look at tone and, tonal inflection and uh, reading facial microexpressions and body language and all those kind of things. But the idea is how do I motivate and influence, right? And um, if, you, if you 
you know, you're interested, you can dive into the program. But you'll see that um, it was done live. The, the, all, the program is based on a live program that I did for folks. So there's Q&A back and forth with people and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So if you're interested in that, uh, you can go to the uh, OnlineNinjaAcademy.com website, our new website, and scroll down to the, the tab. There's a bunch of these little blocks that go across that are categories, right? If you click on one of those, you go to a page that just has the programs that are involved in that. And this one will be the one that's uh, about like personal development and stuff like that, right? But if you click on that tab, you'll go to another page that has these different programs and uh, Ninja uh, Motivation and Influence is one of those. Anyway, but I, I go to it and go uh, into it much more deeply in that. Anyway, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, um, but here's this thing, right? Cognitive dissonance is this, this state that we end up being in when we either have opposing thoughts or we, let's say, let's say we, we have a thought, uh, or a motivation or whatever where we want to do something, right? I want to get this training, right? Or I want to do whatever it is I want to do. I want to go on this vacation. I want to go to that place over there or I want to have this type of job or whatever, right? But we could also have this underlying motivate or not motivation, but this belief, right? About ourselves and. And that belief, contrary to that, like, man, I really want to do that, but I probably won't be accepted into the group. What will they think of me? Uh, you know, I don't think I'm deserving of that. And maybe we don't say those words out loud, but when we say words like that, like, um, I believe in myself. I'm confident I can accomplish my goals. I'm absolutely worthy of having that thing, having that much money, having that position, being able to sit down with a CEO of a Fortune 500 or a Fortune 100 multinational corporation, right, and and help them solve a problem that they have, not as an employee, not as somebody that they're hiring as a as a as a temp or something like that, but as somebody that you know is a is a peer. I'm going to be a partner in helping you solve this problem, right? But I can say the words, but if there's this gnawing feeling, if there's this you know, tightness in my chest, lump in my throat or whatever, right? That's a signal where there's this, right? And that's that, that's this feeling of tension and conflict, right? Because it's, it's odd, right? Or it can also show up where I'm in a martial arts class or I'm in a self-defense class and the teacher's showing something, right? And I'm trying to learn it. I really want to learn this stuff. I really want to believe that this stuff is good, but it's flying in the face of my experience on the street getting my ass handed to me, or in my case, you know, as a, as a police officer or whatever, um, and seeing, right? Kind of like uh, watching a, a demonstration for uh, jujitsu, right? And there was this ideology that was passed from its inception, uh, you know, early to mid-90s or whatever, right? That all fights ultimately go to the floor, so you need to learn how to do ground fighting. Okay, um, I had a problem with that. Because that flew in the face of my experience, flew in the face of all of my peers. And I don't mean other people that trained at the same time I did and other people that were students at the same time I was. I mean my peers in the world who have done law enforcement or were on the other side of the legal fence, right, until later in life or whatever, where somebody's gone to the ground, but every fight goes to the ground. Now, see, that's somebody pushing an agenda because their thing is about ground fighting. So they need the fight to go to the ground. They're going to take you to the ground, right? That's their thing. 
right? So there was this cognitive dissonance that was coming up while I was listening to the lesson and watching the demonstration and whatnot because my experience was just in there going, no, no. Now, I can resolve that, right? Is this maybe something I want to take a look at in those instances where the fight goes to the ground? Sure. But the cognitive dissonance came in with the statement that all fights go to the ground. Hasn't been my experience. Okay. Now, scrappers and stuff that, you know, tackle people and whatever, uh, they're all about that because their experience is going to be different than mine because all their fights went to the ground because they jumped on somebody and they both fell to the ground and it turned into a wrestling match because that's their forte. That's how they like to fight. That's what they're good at. So somebody coming along and saying all fights go to the ground, that person's going to go, yep. Okay. But as I'm in my experience and as a police officer or a security person with a gun and other weapons on my belt and all that kind of stuff, all fights go to the ground. Oh, no, 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 not, not the place to be. Right. So anyway, that's, that's what this thing is, right? So cognitive dissonance is, is it's, it's that thing that creates mental conflict, anguish, anxiety, Whatever, right? And sometimes, again, it can translate to physical discomfort when we've got two conflicting thoughts about the same thing happening at the same time, okay? I got to get back to training. But I can't. I can't train because X, Y, Z, right? So uh, hopefully this is this is making sense, right? Um, so anyway, I'm just going to keep going with this, and then we'll... We'll see if any questions are what you know what let's let's do that now. Um James, you're on. Any questions or comments or anything like pop up before I jump into the next phase of this? Just gonna fly through this thing. No, I I'm sorry I didn't have your your little no, nothing. Okay, fair enough. All right, so in that case, I'll just keep on going. All right, so uh all right, so here's the thing. When, when cognitive dissonance happens, right, our mind has to resolve the problem. It has to, right? So if I know I need to train, uh, you know, and I keep saying that, right? I need to get back to training. I need to get back to training. It's like the little freaking engine that could, right? Right? I know I can. I know I can. Whatever, right? Uh, but then, like, somebody contacts me and says, I'm trying to get back to training for, like, you know, 10 years. I've been trying to do this. I've been I've been wanting to do this martial art for 30 years, right? Okay. Now, from a logical standpoint, from my position, if I were talking to a very close student or somebody I didn't care about, my answer would be obviously not enough. And that's exactly what you get. My friend, my screen didn't freeze. For those of you watching on the video side, now if you're uh, listening, you know through. Uh, Apple podcast or whatever, then it probably sounded like it, but it went dead. But I would just stop and look at it. My teacher's done the same thing. Hatsumi Sensei's done the same thing. Okay. Happens to different students, right? Um, otherwise, you know, what you'll get is you could get a dismissal. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. I understand. Okay. Be careful when you get those too. Okay. That's a dismissal. Okay. So here's the thing, right? The mind is a very simplistic thing. I mean, it's a very complicated thing. Your brains are very, very complicated. But the mind 
in the way it handles survival things is very simplistic, right? It needs to resolve conflict as quickly as possible to, rest to restore a state of peace and comfort, right? It's always seeking peace and comfort. Peace and comfort, okay? Just like our Junin Taiso, our, our physical stretching and physical exercise and all that stuff, is in the system to combat the body's natural tendency to come to rest. Because the state of rest is peace and comfort, okay? Um, it's the thing that gets in the way of most people when it comes to success. I've been, I've been drilling this stuff for how many episodes, right? So it's very, it's very simplistic, right? So it wants to lean toward, again, comfort, right? So it's, it's going to do this in a couple of different ways, right? It's, it can either minimize the effect of one of those thoughts. Okay. So let, let's, the smoker, right? Um, uh, I smoke, right? Um, you know, nicotine's addicting and right, whatnot, right? I smoke, but I also know that smoking's not bad for me. Okay. Um, but they could minimize one of them by saying, well, you know, it's not that bad. Okay. I mean, look around. If it were that bad and it were killing that many people, 30 million people would not be puffing every day. Right. So, but at the same time, see how that drifts me into a group, right? Because if I, if I can be a part of a group of people that can't, then see, there's there's evidence. Look, it can't be that bad, right? And if I'm not watching the people die from emphysema, emphysema or lung issues or whatever, right? It's not that bad, right? Um, or... Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it goes, right? So it's the same thing, right? Um, with our training, right? I know I got to get back to training, okay? But you know what? Now's not the best time, right? So, um, you know, I, I can always, I can always do that. There's time, right? I mean, if there's a best time, then there must be time, right? And then 10 years slip by, 30 years slip by, six months slip by, whatever, right? Um, so another thing you can do is it can trivialize costs. Okay, it can trivialize consequences, right? In the case of our training, right? Somebody, you know, they, they, I, I know I need to be training, right? The world's a dangerous place, and the world's going to hell in a handbasket now. I mean, look at look at all the stuff that's going on, right? But I live in a pretty safe area. I mean, what's what are the chances of things happening around here, right? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this in a past could uh, end or not, but uh, I had helped this one uh, company. Uh, Put together a workplace violence training program, right? And I had to make sure that the senior leaders, right, were very, very clear that they were only going to get buy-in at best from 10 to 20 percent of the employee base, probably closer to 10 percent, right? 10 percent were going to think it was the dumbest fucking idea in the world, and it was just another thing that the company was going to throw around. And it was just a waste of money and a waste of time. And look, look where we look where we live, man. Nothing's going to happen around here because the company is, is uh, it was a mid-sized manufacturing plant was in a semi-rural area. Okay, now it was in a city. It was on the edge of a city, right? Semi-rural area, right? Well, I mean, look at the crime rate. I mean, the the number of incidences are, are fairly small, except that per capita they're the same as in a big city. 
the reason that there's fewer of them is because there's fewer people freaking living around here, right? But either way, there's that. And then there's the group in the middle that's okay with it um, as long as it doesn't require too much from them, okay? So what we had to do, what I, my suggestion was is, look, in this presentation, when we, when we roll it out, when we launch it, and we do the, the initial training to let people know what we're doing, physical security, internal access, badge uh, access, uh, and, and, uh, and just access changing and, and things like that, right? Uh, had to update a badge system that was broken, right? Um, what I did in the presentation or for the presentation was I did research to find other similar companies. It didn't have to be making the same product. Other similar companies located in similar regions, semi-rural or whatever, didn't have to be in our area or in the area that was operating in, right? Could be in any other place around the country, right? Same, about same number of employee base, all that kind of stuff, right? Where catastrophic incidents had occurred, okay? So the point was, Maybe I'll convert one or two of those 10% naysayers at the end. But what I had to do was neutralize the poison that the 10% were going to inflict on the other 70 to 80% that were going to go along with it. And, you know, it could help them make them feel safer. They weren't sure if it was going to, if it was actually necessary or not. Right. I didn't have to convert the 10 to 20% that were absolutely aware and worried about this kind of situation. We had to worry about the other group, right? So this was placed into the into the presentation so they could understand that absolutely, this can absolutely happen here. How do I know? Because it's happened in these 11 or 12 or 13 other places around the country in the last year or two to people just like you, okay? So... I had to I had to handle that dissonance, right? That cognitive dissonance, right? It's not going to happen around here, kind of thing, right? So here's this thing, right? But they can we can trivialize it, right? Um, just like the cigarette smoker, right? I mean, you know, I, everybody that I know, I mean, even if it does get me, right? I mean, it's my life, and you know, it's, it's not going to kill me today, right? And because it's not going to kill me for maybe ten years, twenty years, right? I'll worry about that bridge when I get there. Except by then, you're functioning on, what, a quarter of each lung, right? Whatever, right? Uh, so it's not about the logic, right? But we can trivialize it, right? We can, we can find a way to, um, to neutralize it, right? The other thing that we can do is we can depersonalize it, okay? The, the cognitive dissonance happens and the discomfort happens when we know we have a choice. And we're just making bad choices, right? We know, right? I should be practicing. I should be meditating. I should be reading or whatever, but I'm watching the 47th rerun of this freaking show that I could probably recite it, re recite the, 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 uh, the script in my sleep or with my eyes closed, whatever, right? Um, but I'm going to watch it again, right? I'm going to lay there with the freaking, uh, the drink in my hand or the beer in my hand or the popcorn or the chips or whatever. And, 
I'm, you know, I'm going to have this tension on the inside, but you know, uh, well, I'm already here and I'm already doing this. So I'll do it later, whatever. Right. But as long as we have choice, that's where the dissonance happens. Right. So, but we can depersonalize it if we can frame things in a way where we have no choice. See, if we can, if we can approach it from the perspective of not having choice, then it's not going to come up because I'm doing it because I had to, not because I want to, or I can't train because somebody else is preventing it, not because it's something on my side. Okay. And, you know, and, and again, they've done studies where they've, let's say somebody was, um, uh, let's say it's a, a, a school kind of thing, right? And it, something came up for raising taxes or whatever because they had to raise tuition or whatever. And this person's anti-tuition raising, right? Because that's going to come out of my pocket, right? I don't want tuition raised, right? But they have to sit down, and this is part of the study, right? They have to sit down and write, um, write a proposal where it's actually for the raising of the tuition, okay? And they, they're not allowed to get up and leave until they actually write this thing out that's written for the raising of tuition, right? What they find is that cognitive dissonance doesn't occur because I, it was under duress, right? I don't believe this, but I'm going to write it so I can get the hell out of here, right? So we can depersonalize, right? So if we can feel like force has been applied and we had no choice, then our own conflicting thoughts or thoughts and actions or whatever on a given topic don't fire, right? So if I can blame my wife, if I can blame the fact that I have, you know, I don't have enough money, uh, if I can blame uh, my work schedule, if I can blame my family or my kids, whatever it is, right? I'm not saying those things aren't a, an, an issue, right? But that allows us to not feel bad for making bad decisions, right? But see, if we, if we followed it back, right, why do I still have the same job making the same amount of money when the life I want to live requires more? What can I be doing to, to make more, right? But see, that puts the, that puts the choices back to me, right? Now it's other choices I made that are affecting this thing. But no, 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 no. See, no, no. See, I, I can't do that, right? I don't have the skill set and the time. Who, who, who has the time to go do that? And, and I don't want to be that kind of guy. I know that they make more money, but you know, whatever, okay? Um, you know, I'm a blue collar guy. Well, then go work for us, uh, one of these, uh, traffic sign companies that go out at construction sites and hold a sign that says stop on one side and slow on the other. My sister-in-law does that nine months out of the year. She gets paid for the whole year, but for nine months during spring through fall, that's what she's doing at $25 to $35 an hour, right? Well, what this person will say is, right, well, who wants to stand there and just like rotate a sign all day long? I mean, I'm, I'm more valuable than that. We were just talking about you being more valuable than that, but you nix that because you don't have time to go to school to get a education for that or a certification for that or you don't want to hang out with those types of people because it, see it just pull into something else and the problem with growth is that we have to ferret this stuff out right so anyway so again the the three uh the three ways that that can happen is we can minimize one of the thoughts 
right? One of the beliefs, one of the whatever, right? So that, or it could be actions, right? So we, we say or say we believe one thing, but we're acting in another way. So to minimize it, right? We can't minimize the thing, we, the things we're saying or the belief we have. So what we'll do though is do the other thing less. See, now it's not a problem. Right? And some people will even do this in an argument, right? Where you point out the hypocrisy. You say this, but you do that. Well, you know what? Screw it. I just won't do that anymore. I guess that'll fix the problem on one end, but what are you going to do in its place? Right? So again, mind is very simplistic in fixing this, right? We can minimize it, right? We can trivialize it, right? Well, you know, what are the chances, right? Or, you know, we start making fun of stuff, right? You know, at this point, you know, I'm just too old and, you know, um, not really cut out to be that kind of a ninja, Ooh, kind of get, whatever, right? They'll, they'll flip it that way, right? Um, or they'll de- depersonalize it, right? What's my, I don't have a choice, right? Time, money, job, family, whatever, right? Okay. Which kind of brings up this thing that, that I've been looking at and I just, I'm, I, I've been trying to reconcile this because there, there's this thing, right, in the work world called uh, work-life balance. I'm sure most of you have heard about it, right? Work-life balance, right? You got to strive for work-life balance, right? Because all work and no play makes Jeffy a dull boy, right? Or, you know, uh, too much play, too much, uh, uh, you know, running around or whatever. The guy's not going to work. He's, he gets fired all the time, whatever, right? You have good work balance, right? Uh, work-life balance, right? Um, so the question is, do you think Elon Musk has good work-life balance? Do you think Henry Ford had good work-life balance? Do you think, uh, name a, a, a super achiever, do you think Hatsumi Sensei had good work-life balance? If I think about it, most of the time Hatsumi Sensei wasn't teaching on the floor in the dojo. He was working on one of the multiple books he was writing every year. That, that doesn't mean he didn't spend any time with, 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 uh, uh, Marika-san, right? But do you think he had good work-life balance? So here's the thing, right? Um, and I, I, I got this, this, uh, during my own research to try to figure out how this stuff would work. Um, cause I don't believe that I'm a workaholic. I actually enjoy what I'm doing. I have a blast, right? And so I'm always communicating. I'm always doing this stuff, right? And, um, uh, but I, th- there was this, uh, oh, his name escapes me at the moment, but he was the, he was the head of GE, the General Electric Corporation for 25 years or so, right? And, uh, he was asked this question about work-life balance and he goes, there's no such thing, right? There are work issues and considerations and there are life issues and considerations. And there are choices that have to be made between the two. Okay? You make your choices, right? See, this comes back to personal responsibility. We make our choices, right? Um, and he was asked, and I've been asked, right? I mean, people are like, oh my God, you just, you're still at the dojo or you're, you know, you're, you know, when, when do you, when do you have fun? I am having fun. I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm so passionate about this stuff that, Absolutely. It doesn't matter if I'm writing. Now, are there some not so fun things about the dojo? Yeah. Bookkeeping. 
right? Because it's a business, right? And I do those things to keep the IRS happy and Uncle Sam happy and all that kind of stuff. But got to a position where I have somebody else doing those. So now I have to do it even less because all I have to do is double check things, make sure it's where it's supposed to be, categories are right, that kind of stuff. Drop it off at the at the accountant's office and whatever, right? So, but work-life balance. I've come to the belief, and maybe I'm wrong, right? I'm, I'm sure lots of people are going to argue this, but I believe that people that are trying to figure out a work-life balance, right, have jobs that they freaking hate. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a unpleasant necessity, right? So they need to balance out all this stress and aggravation and, and whatever's going on in this other part of their life that they have to do, right? But see, I created my job, so I'm good, okay? And I'm not knocking anybody else. I get it, right? I just decided to follow people that, uh, as role models that were in the 5% category, 1, 2% category that are successful in the way to do things, including Hatsumi Sensei, as opposed to following the other 95% that hate the 1, 2, 5% that are successful or resentful or envious or whatever, but they're basing their life choices, actions, and all that on following the 95% that aren't going anywhere. Okay? They, they just, they're seeking relative comfort. Okay. As long as it doesn't hurt too bad, I'm good. Okay. Which is another reason why a lot of people don't train. I want to train, but training hurts. See? So there's a conflict now between desire, belief, speech, and the experience through sensory receptors. Right? This is hard. Or trying to get my head wrapped around that lesson about tactics or strategies. Oh, okay. So, hmm, right? So we have a problem, right? This is where people get stuck, right? But it's a comfortable stuck because very, very quickly, the mind will either minimize, trivialize, or depersonalize the problem, right? But that doesn't move us forward. Growth requires change. Growth is painful. There's a reason that when kids are growing and they get these aches and pains and stuff, parents go, that's growing pains. And it's true. Your body's readjusting and it hurts. Okay? All growth hurts. All growth is uncomfortable. It can be confusing, disorienting, physically painful as we're working muscles and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, rolling on the ground, all the stuff, right? So... You know, from a logical standpoint, this all makes sense, right? We've got to do it anyway, okay? But are we? Okay? If we're not, then we're seeking comfort. And it's more comfortable to want something, justify why you can't have it, or, again, minimize whatever the problem areas are, so that it's not my fault, right? And keep wanting it. But I don't need it. Nobody's attacking me today. Yeah, but, okay, so here's another piece of logic. It's going to take you more than a couple of seconds. You're not Neo from the movie The Matrix. They're not going to jack you in and run a martial arts program and then suddenly you can do kung fu. 
it's going to take time. So this is not a bridge that you can cross over or you can worry about when you get there. Not. Okay. But anyway, right? So uh, before we talk about how to fix it, right? A couple of, there's like these three areas I'm going to take a look at um, that, uh, again, come from, you know, these, these other things, right? So I said not, I didn't get these from my needs to be teachers originally. Went out, did all this other study in the world, came back. Holy shit, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there in ninjutsu, okay? But either way, right? So believe it or not, working on this stuff that nobody wants to work on because it's not the it's not the martial art, kind of whatever, training. It's not the I look like a cool ninja taking on the mafia. They got Uzis, but I'm going to kill them with swords and throwing stars, right? Um, it's not that, right? But it still needs to. It's still a part of the whole package. Of course, it's not to the people that have just stripped all this shit away so that they can just do a martial arts choice among martial arts choices. And they turn this thing that's supposed to not be a style into another style, which is so not needed to. But they're still going to call it needed to. Mm-hmm. It makes my head hurt. Anyway, all right, so uh, let me pop things over here because sometimes James just sends me, like, facial expressions or hand signals or whatever. Any questions, comments, anything like that? I know people are coming in and out. And one of these the, these episodes, right, I'm watching the numbers and stuff. We don't have nearly the, 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 the numbers that we normally have because uh, it's not comfortable, right? Sensei is causing cognitive dissonance, and I don't want to have to listen to that, right? So James has no choice. He's helping me. <laughs> he has a choice. He could go, eh, you need to find somebody else, right? So uh, no no questions or comments from anybody? No? Zero? Well, shit, either I'm doing that well or nobody knows what to say. They're going to listen because they've decided that they're a listener of the of the lesson, right? Uh, this is an armikyo as well, right? There are these different levels, right? And each level produces a different form of knowledge, understanding, or enlightenment, okay? It's four levels. The first one is, is called a voice hearer, right? And what that is is somebody who sits in on lessons, right? In the modern world, they would go to seminars, uh, they might listen to podcasts, might read books, whatever, right? And But they're mentally, commitment-wise, they're more of a dabbler, right? They're not, kind of, they're, they're not jumping into it so much, um, but they're taking it all in. And you'll hear people say that. Well, you know, just, I'm just taking it all in. Okay. What the hell are you going to do with it then? Okay. What particular questions did you bring to the podcast, to the lesson, to what, what, you know, what's your vision and, and how will this fit in to those bigger things? Well, it, it, we're not there yet, right? It, it's still a non-committal kind of thing, right? Um, and then you have folks that in, in Mikio, we would say that they took refuge, right? Um, and they officially jumped on the path, officially a student, that kind of thing, right? Um, so the end result for that level, level two, in Sanskrit is called a Prateka Buddha, okay? So they became, Buddha just means one who's awake, right? So don't take this into all kinds of religious connotations and, and stuff like that, right? I almost said shit. 
So anyway, right? Oh, I, I said shit. I said shit, but I didn't want to say shit. Anyway. <laughs> Just get caught in a loop, right? Um, so anyway, right? So this is somebody who seeks to understand for themselves, okay? In the martial arts world, we get people that train whether they want belt rank or not, right? It's it's for their own benefit, right? They're not looking to be a teacher or anything like that, right? Uh, they could be security. They could be police. They could be military or whatever. They want to have a survival skill set, and this is about me or me being able to protect my family or my loved ones or whatever, right? Uh, but I'm, I'm solving this for me, right? So, and that's okay, right? They, they've taken care of whatever the problem was for them, right? Next level after that is the realm of the bodhisattva. Okay? Bodhisattva is an enlightened or uh, sometimes they're called a mahasattva, which is a superior being, right? So enlightened being, superior being, um, there's this contrary, contrary kind of thing because they're not fully enlightened, right? But they're on this path. But what they've done is partially or in full suspended their own study outwardly, right? And now what they're going to do is they're going to help other people, right? So in, in Catholicism, you might call them a saint or whatever, right? Um, but they're going to go and help other people, right? And what ends up happening is they become enlightened in spite of themselves, right? But there's this realm of uh, compassionate teacher, compassionate saint, compassionate uh being whatever, right? Where they're helping other people who have the same problems. And so whatever. In the martial arts realm, this is the realm of a teacher. Okay. As long as the teacher didn't become a teacher undeservedly, right? So they just learned a couple of things and now they're just gonna or they're gonna they learn from a book or videos or whatever and now they're gonna present themselves like they got their you know shit together. I just said shit again. Shit James, stop having me <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right, so, um, uh, and then there's this other level, this full and complete state or whatever, where they've gone through this whole process and gone beyond uh, this kind of thing, where they put it into different contexts. So the going beyond would be not just student, not just teacher, but also sacrificing in a different realm where I'm going to put my skills to use, like I put my skills to use uh, as a uh, as a bodyguard, right? And didn't get paid for it either, right? So not just as a police officer, but you, in, in the area where I live and probably where James lives as well, right? Our firefighters are not paid, right? Our EMS people, for the most part, are not paid. They're all volunteers, right? They put themselves through schooling or training, whatever. There might be training in the fire department or whatever, but they're, they're not getting paid, right? This is out of a sense of compassion to help other people, right? So... Um, that's this whole other realm, and, and there's these different things. They're laid out of the mandala. You go through all of them, and then you've got this this uh, wisdom or enlightenment or whatever that goes beyond the context in which you learned it, okay? Like my understanding of uh, everything from politicians to lawyers to teachers to uh, doctors to clergymen, whatever, right? Um, Based on that, uh, that all originated with my seeing how and why different personality types and different types of people became martial arts instructors. Egocentric, compassionate, just wanted to make some money, whatever, right? 
You can flip that and lay that over any other occupation and see the same thing. So I'm not surprised when certain things pop out, right? This person's this. this. Does that undermine the entire vocation? No, of course not. And anybody who believes that to be true has set themselves up for more conditions of cognitive dissonance. Okay? They're not going to move in a certain direction or get a certain job or listen to advice from a certain person or whatever, no matter how beneficial that could be, because they've already made a blanket decision about everybody in that realm. Right? Somebody had a bad teacher in Ninjutsu, so that shit don't work. Or whatever. Right? Okay? So anyway, all right, so let's jump into the how to fix it. Okay? Give you a couple of different places to go because I don't want to leave you just uh, just hanging, All right? So how to fix it, right? I'll give you three ways to look at this from three different angles, right? Which one's best? None. Not that none of them have any value. None is not one of them is best. Okay, the best one. It's like uh, like a story, not with a story. I saw this TV show. I think I mentioned this before. Uh, there was a TV show called uh, Deadliest Warrior, something like that, right? Um, where they would bring these two warriors together that would have never met in history, right? And they would compare tactics and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, some of you guys probably already saw this, right? Where the, the samurai went up against Native American, right? Um, the uh, ninja went up against a Spartan, that kind of stuff, right? And so not that they would have any kind of objective way of looking at this, what they did was they brought in specialists, specialists, I'm making air quotes for the guys, uh, the people listening in on the on the uh, uh, audio podcast, right? Um, I say that because the people that were brought in to, to represent Ninjutsu were not ninja practitioners. I don't give a shit what they say. One was a <laughs> crappy martial artist who got paid as a movie stuntman, and his other, his partner, who was a ninja expert, uh, was a Taekwondo black belt. Not one of them had a, a lick of actual experience within the realm of Nidzu. But that's where all the data came from and all that. Anyway, so in this one episode where there was a Native American involved, they, in each of these episodes they go through a variety of weapons and all that. And one of them for him was the arrow with or the bow and arrow, right? And he had several arrows, several different types of arrows, um, different heads on them and stuff like that, right? And the the host said, you know, which one is your favorite? Which one is best to you? And he said, the one that kills you, right? I mean, it's just, um, they all have, they all serve their purposes, right? So none of these are best. I prefer, when, when I do these things, right, I'm coming at it from all three angles, right? But whichever one works for you. It's kind of like choosing a religion. Which one's best? The one that, it, you know, which exercise is best? The one you're going to do consistently, that's the one that's best. Okay? So, um, see, it's every time you ask which one is best, it's the brain. Remember that the brain leads toward easy, quick and easy, right? Questions like that are looking for the shortcut, looking for not too much trouble, not too much work, not too much expense, not too much pain, discomfort, whatever, right? This art and the things that we do in this art, Jun and Taiso and the mental stuff and all that, they're all designed to, to, to fight the body and the mind's tendency to go to lazy, 
All uber successful people live in a state of discomfort. Mild to me, mild to moderate discomfort. I don't mean they're like, you know, writhing in pain or whatever, right? But there's always something next. There's always something next, right? So you decide when you're going to stop. Anyway, how to fix it, right? So the first thing, right? Um, lead, springboards right off of what I was just saying, right? Um, first thing is we could embrace the discomfort, okay? We embrace the discomfort. When, when cognitive dissonance pops up, right, we start to explore that. We, re, we research it further, right? Okay, so if part of my cognitive dissonance is, uh, you know, I'm being forced to do something that's getting in the way of training, right? Like my job, okay? I've quit perfectly good jobs. I turned down really well-paying jobs because it was going to interfere with my ability to get this as quickly as I could, okay? That is going to feed into one of these other things, right? One of these other uh, approaches, right? Um, but what I want to do is I, I have to ferret back, right? I have to I have to go back, right? Okay, so now it's around my job. Well, what's stopping me from getting a different job, right? What's stopping me from, okay? And I'm going to have to acknowledge that kind of stuff. So all of these things are going to be uncomfortable because they're all about me. They're my beliefs. It doesn't matter that I inherited them from somebody else. It doesn't matter that somebody told me something when I was 10. I accepted it and I'm operating in my life as though that's true. It's all about me now. I'm, I'm over 18. I'm over 21. Way over 18 and over 21. Right. So it's all about me. Okay. It doesn't matter anymore that my parents were the type of parents they were that I needed other mentors and teachers and guides in my life to learn the things I needed to know that were not taught early on. It does not matter about the abuse. None of those things matter anymore. What matters is what I do, what I believe, and the experiences that I create for myself because I need them to be the, to, to, to get the knowledge and whatever that I need to have, right? So anyway, we embrace that, right? So this is all about discipline. And discipline is not like punishment or whatever, military discipline, those kind of things, right? Military bliss discipline is obedience, right? I'm talking about knowing what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and doing it regardless of whether or not anybody else is watching. What I mean by discipline here is doing everything I do as though I was signing my name to it. Because everybody knows I did it anyway. Okay? I am disciplined, right? It's a, one of the reasons that's a, one of the three-part student creed that we have, right? I believe in what I study. I am disciplined. I am ready to learn in advance. Okay? I believe in what I study. Okay? I believe that this is valuable for me, and I need to learn it. Great. I'm ready to learn in advance. I'm ready to do it now. But it's that discipline part. I got to do the do, whether or not I want to or not. Um, anybody see the post on Facebook? Uh, I posted earlier in the week. I can't remember exactly which day because my days all run together. But um, it was a, it was this little card, right? Um, my team knows. James is on my team. A couple of my guys, they know what my schedule is like, right? That, that they're not surprised if they get up tomorrow morning and there was an email from me because I was doing some work and I have a question for them. I need them to research something or whatever, and 
they look at the, I don't even know if they look at the time and date thing anymore because they just assume that it's going out whenever, whenever I'm working on things. But, um, uh, James knows, I mean, an email could hit his inbox at 3.30 in the morning, right? My time. Okay. Well, it's his time too. We're in the same time zone, but I don't expect that he's going to be up working and I don't hold other people to the same stand or same standards or same level that I hold myself. Right. Um, I hold them to agreements and commitments, but I don't expect anybody to do what I do because it's my vision and my passion. I hope that they have their own. Right. But anyway, uh, it's knowing what needs to be done and doing it. So my aggravation, my discomfort is because I can't get everything done. I need to get done. The computer has a glitch or today I had a problem with internet and telephone that I was on with the company for a while to get it fixed. And that, inter- that interfered with, uh, internal wifi for whatever reason, the way the system set up and I couldn't print something and I couldn't get some other things done. And finally I did a workaround and used my phone as a hub, but that only served for a couple of things. And right. It's just right. So there's this discomfort because I'm not getting things done. Right. So, but this has to do with discipline, right? And the recognition that if it is to be, if it is to happen, it's up to me. I need to figure it out. Okay. And it's going to be uncomfortable because that requires change. Okay. But that's one, right? To embrace the the discomfort. Okay. Yes, I do that on a regular basis. Okay. It's the nature of my life. Don't you kick back? And yeah, I do, but I can only kick back for so long. Because I'm not that kind of person. The world doesn't get changed by that kind of person. So I'm here to live a legacy. I'm not here to be one of the group because I've met the group. Not this group because you guys are all enlightened. You're all cool, right? So, uh, but I've met normal. No, thank you. I used to say I had a serious Peter Pan complex, right? I met adults once. I didn't like it. (laughs) <laughs> so, but anyway, right? Uh, so second, second way that uh, we can uh, fix this, right, is mindfulness, right? So I gauge in self-reflection, right? Where did these thoughts and beliefs and all that stuff come from? Who did I get this from? Who am I acting like, right? Um, how was that? Did they even know that this was true? Did they get that from somebody else? Did they validate the information? Probably not, right? I've said this in the past. Success leaves clues. I want to be successful. So I followed guys like Hatsumi Sensei, Stephen Hayes, who was the top guy in the world at that point or in the, in the West at that point when I was training, right? I've always gravitated toward the best. That's not comfortable. That's not easy. That's not cheap, right? But I can't blame them for the tuition. I can't blame them for living where they do in the world or whatever, right? I have to figure out how I'm going to make that happen. See, that goes back to discipline. I see how they're tied together. But either way, right? Mindfulness, self-reflection, okay? When am I buying into my own bullshit, right? I have to listen to myself, okay? And this, So this goes to observation. This goes to study, right? This goes to accepting responsibility for how I am now, right? doesn't mean that other people didn't contribute. But at my age, I accepted it. I accepted the lessons. I never questioned certain things. I, I, now I question everything. Okay? So 
But this goes to the Shiki Oshinobu, right? One of the three aspects of a ninja, okay? Reconciling the internal world and the external world, right? Do my beliefs and all this stuff that I've got going on, is it producing the results out there that I, you know, if I'm right, if my beliefs are right, if my BS is right, if my talk is right, if my actions are right, then they should produce the results to the level, degree, and scope that that I think that I deserve, I think they should, or whatever. If I'm not producing the results, then I'm not right. Some aspect of my belief system, my whatever, the way I'm applying my knowledge, whatever, the, the, the level of work I'm putting into it, it's not right. Okay? So, and it, this also uh, calls into the, the, the uh, first level of training in the Togakure school, the Seishin Teki, right? Personal clarity. Clarity goes back to that original, that, that old, old uh, saying, right? Know thyself. Okay? Know thyself, right? So, th this is a whole different perspective, right? This is another way to fix it, right? But it's still connected to the, to the, uh, to the embracing the discomfort because all this work is going to call that up, right? It's, it's going to, it's going to expose wounds and, or things, right? Uncomfortable things that long ago you told ego, protect me from that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to remember, remember that. Okay. And ego is really good at doing that. Okay. It'll deflect. It'll distract. Okay? It's not just deflecting and distracting other people. It's deflecting and distracting each of us every single day. Right? All right. Now, the third way that we can fix this is to have a vision for your life. To have a vision, right? If I, for my training, right? Go back and, and listen to episode 68, right? My vision and my passion and my desire, my goal is twofold. Okay? I was going to learn whatever I needed to learn. I was going to do whatever I needed to do. And I was going to become the whatever kind of person I needed to become. To one, never, ever, ever live in that kind of fear ever again. And two, to become the kind of person, learn what I need to learn, do what I need to do to become the kind of person who could protect other people from that kind of monster. Okay, having a vision that you want to happen, having a goal that is more important to you, right, for it to be manifest to you, then you want oxygen. None of this stuff will be a problem because the discomfort is just a part of the process. Okay, so, but this, this points to passion, right? This, this is um, having uh, this huge personal why. Right? The guys that are going through my instructor training uh, course right now uh, to become instructors and, and support staff uh, at not just this academy, but the, the new academies that I'm, I'm going to be opening soon, right? Um, their first assignment was to commit their personal why. Why do you want to be an instructor? Why do you want to be a uh, staff? Why do you want to help out or run a martial arts school? Why not just be a student? Right? Why do you want to go to this level? Right? Uh, and the, the exercise 
takes them through uh, what will it do for them, right? Personally, what will it do for students or parents or other members uh, of the academy? What will it do for the academy if they're in a position like this, right? And what I want them to do is ferret out those things, right? Kind of, you know, jot some things down, but then go back and reread those things. And the ones that have a, a like an emotional charge, like, wow, yeah, that'd be cool, man, if I could do that, if I could help other people, if I could look at my friends or family that have always told me I was going to go nowhere, right? And now I'm like, I'm this martial arts instructor, man. I'm helping other people, uh, you know, engage uh, with with a better life, that kind of thing, right? That'll show. I don't care what it is. Right. That that emotional charge. Right. It's going to take them way farther. Right. But having a having a huge personal why. Right. That is bigger than any excuse. That's going to combat um, uh, cognitive dissonance. Right. Any one of these things will do it. It'll bump into some of these others because you can't avoid it. Right. But how you come in and how many of these you, you, you choose to do. That's that's on you, right? That that's you. But this is three ways to do it, right? So, just quick recap, right? Cognitive dissonance is the mental and sometimes physical anguish and discomfort that happens when we hold two conflicting views or views and experiences or whatever about the same thing, right? I want to train, but I can't. And here's why I can't. But I really want to, right? Okay. So this can be a huge problem, right? This is going to be, this can be the thing as to why we're stuck and we can't do this. Th- we can, right? First thing we have to do is resolve the cognitive dissonance, but we have to resolve it. We have to resolve it in a way that's different than the way the mind is naturally wired to resolve it. The mind is naturally wired to resolve it to get back to easy, to get back to comfortable. So it'll do that in one of three ways. It'll minimize the effect of one of the, uh, one of the conflicting thoughts, right? Just minimize that so it's not that big of a problem, right? It'll trivialize one of them, like it'll make fun of it, right? Yeah, like that's gonna happen, right? Um, or it'll trivialize or make fun of other people who are actually able to do it. Well, of course, you didn't have a freaking problem. The number of times I've been told, Sensei, you don't understand. Your life is different. Um, you know, you were born with more opportunity. Really? really? I trade you. Okay? I will absolutely trade anybody my earlier life for theirs. And if yours was worse, okay, then okay. But it would have to be really fucking bad. Okay? Like... I know of one guy that, only one guy in my life that his parents chained him to a tree outside when he, when he, for one of his punishments. Okay, he has me beat. But I'm not sure that I wouldn't trade off being chained to a tree over getting punched wherever the fist landed or hit with whatever might have been in the person's hand. Or being called stupid and worthless and all things and demeaned, right? Who knows? But anyway, right? I wouldn't be here without them. I wouldn't be here without that guy. So, you know, I've long since stopped hating him. Anyway, so it'll minimize, it'll trivialize, or it'll what? Depersonalize, right? That's where we're blaming other things. My wife won't let me. Uh, my, 
a job. I don't have any free time. Uh, here's a new one that I just got from people. I don't know how people's finances are so tight. And if you're listening to this and it's you, this is an honest question because I have bought property. But a bank has never given me a loan where I could buy property and then I had no money left over after paying for that and food. And why would I put myself in that fucking position? Great. Now my question is, why the hell did you have to have a, why did you have to own instead of rent? Because if you understand the financial thing, the only the only person or organization or institution in the world that sees a piece of property that's not business property, a residential property as an asset is your bank because they can take it from you if you default. And it's something that they can now sell off because it becomes business property, right? You will never get back what you put into a house between taxes, mortgage, and upkeep Never gonna get it back. Okay, all the finance charges and all, you're never gonna get it back. Can't sell it the same. Doesn't work that way. Rental properties way different. Okay, but hey, some people have to have it because their prior conditioning, education, programming, whatever, convinced them that that's security. Except that even after the mortgage is paid off, the tax man can take it from you if you default on that. Freaking hurricane can come along and rip it out, and the insurance company can go, ah, yeah, well, you're not insured for enough. So, um, trust me, my house fire, we're, we're insured for more than enough. But um, based on COVID and prices changing and all that, what was $200,000 in damages is going to be well over 300000 by the time this is all said and done because the cost of materials and labor and all that kind of stuff is just jacked, just through the roof, right? So by, by the time it's all said and done, we will have had barely enough insurance to cover something. And we were dub, almost two and a half times insured for rebuilding the whole thing. But shit changes. Anyway, all right. So, uh, so it can show up in these different ways, right? Uh, but ultimately, right, if we're going to fix it, if we're, if we're actually going to move forward and do the things that we have, that we, we say we want to do, right? We really want these things, okay? Three ways that I'm giving you today, right? Embrace the com discomfort, not the comfort. Embrace the discomfort, right? And do your research, right? Ferret it out. Figure out what is is getting in the way, right? What's really preventing it, okay? Stop, minim stop minimizing the, the effect that's happening. Stop trivializing one of them making a joke out of it or dismissing it or whatever, right? And stop depersonalizing it. Stop blaming other people, places, and things for the reason that you can't. It's your job to figure it out. It's your life, okay? Stop waiting for somebody else to do it. Mommy and daddy can't help no more, okay? And as one of my friends says, and this may offend some people, it's God day, God's days off. It's, it's God's day off. Okay? It doesn't matter if God can help or not. What's that old saying? God helps those who help themselves. Okay, It's not about whether God can or cannot. For me to step back and expect that that's just all going to be taken care of, that's the little kid syndrome. That's a six-year-old believing in baby magic. 
And I'm not telling you to not believe in God. I'm not, this is not about that thing, right? This is maybe, okay, maybe I'll get some help. Maybe God or whatever aspect you believe in can take time away from people that are in worse situations than I am. Maybe. But that does not relieve me of my responsibility to get this handled for myself. I'm the one who wants it. It's my life. Okay? So I can do that. This is about discipline, right? Second area, mindfulness, right? A lot of deep level self, um, self-reflection. Do I really want this? How badly do I want it, right? What am I doing to get in my own way and admitting to those kind of things, right? So this is related to the first one, but this is going to dredge up even more discomfort. 95% of people are going to stop as soon as that discomfort happens because they don't want to have to face that, right? Okay. And the third one, have a vision. Have a vision of your life and be able to see this and, and you, you got to want it more than you want oxygen. You at least have to have it more than you want whatever level of comfort you have now. Otherwise, you're never going to do anything. Okay? If there were bandits on the road today, more people would be involved in martial arts and self-protection training than is currently involved in. Because there'd be a clear and ever-present danger. And some people would not. Okay? Anyway. All right, and that goes to that goes to passion, right? So first one, the embracing discomfort, that's discipline, right? I, I'm going to do it no matter how difficult it is, okay? The mindfulness, right, that starts with accepting responsibility, but it goes to study and observation, right? Being mindful, right? Watching. Now, I'm not watching the world. This is not about me calling other people out on the shit that they're doing, right? This is me listening to what I say. This is me watching what I do. This is me catching myself falling short. It's not about them. It's about me. As I remind students on a regular basis, me, 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 me. You've always wanted, or you, 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 you. You've always wanted it to be about you. There you go. It's all about you. Okay. Now what are you going to do with it? Okay. And the third one, having a vision big enough, right? Having this, this huge personal why that you want to do it. I believe that most people that are not doing it have, the biggest thing is they don't have a big enough reason. They don't have a big enough reason. Okay? If they had a big enough reason, nothing would stop them. Wouldn't. Okay? So, and that's about passion. Right? It's about drive. Anyway, that being said, right, uh, I saw the numbers, again, fluctuating all over the place. James, any questions, any comments other than the highs, and who should I say hi back to? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna turn James on here. He's probably listening to like death metal or something on his side, but we'll see what happens when I flick him on. <laughs> so, no death metal. What's up, dude? Anyway. All right. Who, who, who's on? Any questions? Any comments? Anybody ask what the hell's up with the suit? <laughs> no, nobody asked. Nobody asked. Well, that's all right. Dressing to a whole different mindset. You have anything? Uh, no questions. A few little comments came in. Uh, Brian and Mandy said they listened to all the podcasts. You're the man. Thanks for doing this. Wow. Alrighty then. Okay, I agree. 
Not to, not to, you know, to, to the level or whatever. I just, I do my best, right? Uh, and I've taken this stuff seriously. So, uh, you know, and please, 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 please do not put me on a pedestal like, uh, like I, I have made it, right? Uh, because the horizon is always, the horizon is just as far away from me now as it's always been. What's cool is the scenery that I passed along the way. A lot of folks, the horizon's still the same distance away, and the scenery hasn't changed. Okay. Anyway, what else? Well, Asim was able to find and post the link to that card you had posted you were talking about. So anybody that's on Facebook that wants to see it, he has a link in the comments. What card? The one you were talking about you had posted. Oh, oh, the picture. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's like my biggest fan. Of course, I'm her biggest fan too. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, you need, a, you need a support group. And another big thing too, James, uh, you and I talked about this before we went live. Because uh, I asked him if he was, if he was still reciting his affirmations in his head or the student creed or whatever he does at work. Because he's not in a position quite yet to make a shift from work. But in his head and personally, right, he can be on the job, but not in the same headspace as most of the people working there. Yes. And uh, I said, so you still doing your stuff. And I think you said, I have to. I, I got to. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then you said something about between the music and I, I didn't understand if that was music being played there or just the everyday music that people are listening to. Um, cause lyrics, lyrics are poisonous. Um, but between the music and the idle conversation of the people on the job, right? Um, you, you have to have some kind of countering, um, prescription, right? You gotta have medicine for that. And, um, you know, so, because remember, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between whether you're saying something and somebody next to you is saying something when they attach the word I to whatever they're talking about, right? I suck. I hate my job. I hate my life. I'm tired. I'm, uh, I always have headaches. I, whatever, right? Just, you I learned a long time ago, right? I have to come up with a mantra. I have to come up with a, with something to say that I can repeat a couple of times again and again that will neutralize that. I get, I got really, really good at reverse engineering somebody's statement to walk away saying in present tense, active verb, I, right? The opposite of what they just said. So that, because that got in no matter what, I can't keep it from getting in. Unless I gouge out my eyes and, you know, rupture my ears. I, I can't keep it from getting in. What I can make sure is that it is in the minority in my storehouse compared to, you know, these 19 daily affirmations. My affirmations are up to 19 now. Uh, my daily affirmations and my chief aim statement um, that, that has to be, that has to be it, right? Yeah. Which is what 
I pull out and say when I'm between a couple of things and I go, uh, like today, I, I had 20 minutes between the finishing of one project I was working on. And you know me, I'm just going to dive right into the next thing, except I looked at the clock and went, shit, class starts in 21 minutes. Right? <laughs> I, I can't get started on this. I've got to go greet students and all that kind of stuff. But I have time to do a run through on my chief aim statement and my 19 affirmations, which made that the third time today. And I've still got to do it before I go to bed. So, um, uh, cause it's one of the things in Mikio, right? Um, to take control of your experience and all that, right? So instead of waiting to see the things you need to see, go out of your way to make sure you can see the things you need to see, right? I mean, the cool thing about uh, YouTube and, and online and all that is I don't have to wait to schedule a vacation to drive to the beach to sit there and watch the ocean do its thing, which is really calming for me, right? I can bring up a damn video 10 hours of different <laughs> ocean scenes of the ocean doing its thing and there's no people there's no pollution there's no whatever it's that perfect thing that my mind needs to see or a drive through a serene forest or whatever right i, I can just bring that up right um i go to sleep by bringing up one of these meditations that are positive affirmations in a given area Right, that I I need work on, and I need to be implanted to a much greater degree. My earbuds go in, hit it on my phone. It's an hour long. It's two hours. It's ten hours. Whatever, right? And that's what I go to sleep to. And until the earbuds fall out, that's what my brain, my subconscious brain, is processing. Right, even though the rest of me is asleep. So, if I need to hear certain things, I don't wait till somebody shows up and goes, "Hey, dude, you're awesome." Right. I right? we can say those things. That's what the affirmations are about. Right. Uh, present tense and all that. Not like not like, well, I really like to do that. Or, I'd be really cool or someday or no, no, no. I, they're present tense. You know how I form these things. Right. They're in present mm -hmm. tense, active. I am. And it involves like adjectives like I enjoy. Doing, you know, uh, doing this. Right. Uh, I'm jazzed and stoked by, right? All this kind of stuff, right? Um, I just pepper this language in because it speaks to an emotional state of being, right? You can just read words. That's the problem with, with most people when they do affirmations. They just read the words, right? They don't, they don't think about what it would really be like if that were my life now. Because that's what I want my life to be like. I right? just need to let reality catch up. But in my head, because my subconscious mind has no idea about time, right? So if I speak this truth, the cool thing, and studies have proven this to be true, the cool thing is that while I'm sleeping or while I'm awake or while I'm working on one thing or whatever, my subconscious mind is working on ideas for making that, that other thing because I've created, check this out, between my chief aim statement and my positive affirmations, those 19 affirmations that have not been realized yet. When I say those things, and I'm emotive about those things, guess what's happening inside my head? Cognitive dissonance. So the other way to resolve, the positive way to resolve cognitive dissonance is to make the thing that's not real that I'm saying is real. The other way to do it is to drop it and just ignore it, make it go away. But that's not me. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't want the current condition. I mean, I'm, I could be comfortable. I could kick back and be very, very comfortable. I don't want to be comfortable. I want that. And I have the ability to do that. And if I don't have it, then there's something I don't know, some skill I don't have, right, or some condition that I need. And as soon as I know what that is, what will I do, James? I'll do that thing. Do that thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but as my teachers told me a long time ago, bitching about it, whining about it, hating on somebody or what it doesn't fix anything, right? Accept it, right? So that you can actually accept it and be okay with it, right? Change it or get away from it. If you bitch about it, you're just convincing yourself and the universe that, yep, you're right, you're a victim. So anyway, any aha moments for you? Well, no, I mean, I'm working through a lot of this, you know, myself yet, just like you were saying, and it's a, it's an ongoing daily process, but, uh, I mean, some days are harder than others and other days, you know, it comes along much easier, but, uh, yeah, it's just an ongoing process of discomfort really is a, <laughs> really is part of it, but, you know, it's just one of those things. If that's what you but want, you to, you just, you, the you first decision you have to the first decision you have to make is: Is it worth doing? Is that thing that I say I want worth having? Allow me to do the things I really want and not have to put up the things I don't want to put up with more than this, right? But again, even if you nod and say yes, it's my Mikio teacher made me face this. You can nod and say yes. And this is not about you. This you as a general, right? Ninety-five um, percent still will not. Right? Mm. Remember the the um, Earl Nightingale recording I played during the instructor training thing on Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. They did a study, a hundred people, and only five people in a hundred, five percent, become successful. What was it? Something like. 15% or 20%, something like that, um, were comfortable and the rest of them were broke and angry and pessimistic and just not living a good life. But they all started the same way. They all started with sparkle in their eye and they all started with all kinds of potential and optimism and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is that most people won't do what needs to be done. They're waiting for somebody else to do it for them or they're waiting, even if it were free, right? You've been with me for a while, right? Um, even if even if they didn't have to leave their house, right? COVID proved that. Yeah. People that wanted to train for a long time, we made it virtual, and I even gave away, like we did five day uh, boot camps and all kinds of stuff that were free. How many people signed up? Fifty percent of the people jumped on and slammed the stuff because they made some kind of value judgment or whatever, right? Just made me chuckle, right? Didn't even, right? And and other ones that always wanted to, always wanted to, they still had a reason they couldn't do it then. And shit, they were locked down. What the hell else are you going to do? You're even getting paid to not work. And you still won't do it. But I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those thoughts too. 
the teacher doesn't understand, but you don't see. And you, you're over 18, you're over 21. Right? Prove the world wrong. First person you need to prove wrong is you. Right? One of my mentors likes to say, you know, Dan the man, right? Because you've been listening to some of his stuff too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to your own bullshit, right? <laughs> what's, what's he always say? Somebody will say, yeah, but, and he'll go, yeah, but, how's your program working for you? <laughs> anyway, all right. So, all right, cool beans. No other questions, no other comments? Uh, just a couple other comments. Charles, did, did I see that Philip threw one in? Sorry. Did he? Did I see Philip threw one? I no. haven't seen okay. anything. Genzon says, doing ninjutsu was never part of my plan ever because it seemed like it would be uncomfortable physically, but I find that I really enjoy that physical discomfort for the first time ever. Well, welcome to the, welcome to the, the support group of those of us who are weird. <laughs> you ever have somebody come up to you and go, dude, why do you pay so much or do all that to get that training and stuff? I'll, I'll punch you in the mouth for nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was stationed with the, with the army, what was then West Germany. And, uh, I was leaving for this seminar. These guys are like, you're paying how much to fly across the Atlantic ocean, get to Dayton, Ohio to get beat up for a weekend. How much to an airfare and all this kind of stuff and making sure your family's taken care of. And I, dude, give me 50 bucks. I'll punch you in the mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you're missing the point. Right. So, but people just couldn't understand it. They just, they absolutely could not understand it. Right. I remember my, my stepdad, when he found this stuff, of course he would, he would try to neutralize or minimize anything that exposed his own level of discomfort. Because I was getting to a point where, you know, I, I wouldn't be a cop, right? I was already too big to beat up, so I was going to be a cop, right? <coughs> so if uh, if I come to visit you and I'm speeding on post and you stop me, you're going to give me a ticket? Yes. Because you hate me. No. Because you're speeding on post. I would give my wife a ticket. I would expect to get a ticket. Not above the law. What I believe is that you would come on post and speed because you thought you could get away with it because your son was a, was a cop. That's the difference between you and I. Not you and I, but he and I, right? That was, that's the difference, right? So trying to minimize those things, then all kinds of name calling, right? You know, you're a commie and the hell. <coughs> those kind of, yeah, that kind of crap, right? Uh, and then when it came to the martial arts and self-defense stuff, right? What the hell are you doing that stuff for? So I got to put food on the table? Yeah, Dad. Lots. Okay. You know what? Helps other people with these lessons. Helps other people put more food on the table, take more vacations, live a nice, or nicer, healthier, more balanced life. Be able to select friends and significant others better than somebody's better than nobody at all because I think I because I feel like shit about myself and you know what I mean. It's just so yeah, yeah. And I don't feel guilty because people pay me well for changing their lives. Uh, I didn't change their lives. What I do provided one element 
they had to do the work, right? You have to do the work. I didn't have, I'm not doing the work. I, I did plenty of work. My teachers gave me the same stuff and I paid to the same degree, if not more, right? If people had to pay to come to class as often as they do, what the equivalent would be in Japan based on the price of classes there, they would not tell me that I charge too much and I'm only concerned about the money. <coughs> anyway, if that were all true, I'd be selling cars with ninja logos and cool shuriken <laughs> painted on the sides and shit like that because people would buy that shit. Okay? <laughs> if you're buying the shit out of the back of Black Belt Magazine, all that freaking weird-ass ninja shit because the star's shaped cool and all that kind of stuff. If you're buying based on cool, man, I could come up with all kinds of stuff, right? Set up a ninja retreat, right? <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> right? It's just, come on, you know? Uh, it's, it's just easier for some people to knock other people down than it is to accept the fact that they're going to have to do the work to get to the same place. They're going to have to do the exact same work. Most people are going to have to do less than I did. Okay. Anyway. All right. So uh, next week, you know what? I started doing these little things. So next, um, next Kuden, let me bring my thing up here. Uh, I started mapping these things out. So uh, next episode, what I'm going to be talking about, unless I change my mind, <laughs> is um, my prior experiences in different martial arts. Uh, I actually started in what was then junior high school, right? Started in 1975. So um, my prior experiences and why I ended up actually choosing Ninja 2 um, among all these other things, right? I was actually doing two other martial arts when I bumped into this. So what the hell, what, what made the change? It wasn't certainly, certainly because somebody contacted me and went, hey, dude, I'm doing Ninja 2. It's the coolest thing, man. You got to do this. That stuff sucks, right? doing these things and engaged and whatnot, right? But there was something important that was going on in the background that was driving choices that I found. But I do have to tell you, and hopefully I remember this for next week. James, help me remember. Um, if what I saw then, if what's going on, the same thing that's going on now, I would not have chosen this martial art if I would have ended up with different teachers than the ones I had, including Hatsumi Sensei, I wouldn't be doing this martial art. Because the current reflection done by many people does not match what I was looking for. How about that? <laughs> so, that's all I got. Right. So uh, for anybody, um, I don't know if anything's going to pop up, but I'm, I'm going to toss that out again. Uh, I will be sending out an email shortly. I just need to finish up uh, uh, making tweaks to the registration page for the spring camp that's coming up uh, May 13th, 14th, and 15th. And then um, anybody that's interested in the Ninja Motivation and Influence program that I had mentioned, um, uh, go to OnlineNinjaAcademy.com. And then just scroll down a little bit. It's what, not even a third of the way down the page, right? Uh, we've got these right. big blocks that have this red diagonal kind of thing on it that have the different categories of the programs, right? Just find the one that says personal development and something, right? Something like that. Yep. Click on that. That'll take you to a page that has all the programs that fit 
that category of ninja motivation and influence, I think, is the is the one at the bottom. Click on that, it'll take you to the information page, right? And um and go from there. Okay. Um that's it, I think. Right? Uh oh, if you are in my inner circle group, you're in the Shinobi Kai or you are um well even my mastery leadership people, uh, there's two different discount points for those. Uh or your uh inner circle platinum, my long distance uh training guys, right? Uh I mean unless you want to donate to the MVF Miller's Vacation Fund. Um, don't click on that button to order that way. Let me know you want it, and I'll I'll generate a uh, thing that has your uh, discount wired into it. Okay, which makes it a good idea for people to get involved in those programs, right? So anyway, um, but yeah, if you're interested, um, I've got a ton of these things, a ton of these programs that um, I just there's not enough time to do them in seminars, to do them in class, to do these lessons. And these are full blocks of study in whole other realms, whether it's personal success and development, whether it's uh, certain types of weaponry, whether it's teaching, right? There's an online uh, version of the instructor training program that's designed more for long distance uh, students or people that already have a dojo or whatever. Uh, but anyway, cool. James, did I forget anything? No, I don't think so. You look tired. I should probably let you go to bed. It's not where I'm going, but... <laughs> oh, Jen just popped it. Doing needs to... Oh, you just... You clicked on something, and that was her thing that you read off. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, that's it. That's all I have. So let me go ahead and formally wrap this up, and I will talk to everybody again next episode. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.